Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to <laughs> another Event Tech Podcast. That man over there is the spotless Brand Kruger from Event Technology Consulting. And that guy over there, he is the stupendous Will Curran of Endless Events. <sighs> More like, I feel like stupid tendus sometimes. Stupid tendus? Stupid tendus. It's like stupiditis, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, people are probably wondering what's up with the weird Sunday, Sunday, Sunday intro. And uh, we got a pretty exciting topic um, is uh, about an event that just happened. You might you might have heard of it. Brent, have you heard of this event before today? Yes, I have. And I'm not going to refer to it as the big game because this is, as far as I'm concerned, a news podcast. And uh, so therefore, I believe we're allowed to actually refer to it as the Super Bowl, um, mm -hmm. as opposed to when you see the commercials and things like that, where they're not actually allowed to refer to it as the Super Bowl. So they have to call it the big game. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm definitely not going to call it the big game. This is definitely, I mean, the event that we're reacting to is the event, the Super Bowl. It is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl happened. Live. Super Bowl, Super Bowl Live. Live. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I wanted to take some time. Um, this is a kind of a fun thing that I used to do on one of my older podcasts where we would actually kind of break down um, you know, some of the larger events that we have in our industry and, you know, take take some time and go through it and, you know, lessons learned, things we like, things we didn't like, you know, get a little catty on, you know, on, <laughs> on, on you know, on, on, you know, things like the Grammys and the Oscars and the Super Bowl. I mean, these are the biggest events that we have out there. So if we can't break those down and analyze them, what can we do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited about this because I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the game at all. <laughs> In fact, when, uh, <laughs> when you were like, hey, we should do this. I was like, oh, yeah, I should definitely I should watch this. Rewatch the, <laughs> re the halftime show to see what's Because I used to every year I'd sit there live and react and would be writing articles right afterwards as well. But, you know, it, I figured it was one of those things where so many people are doing that. I'm just going to slow it down a little bit. And this is going to be a little bit more fun conversation, especially from the tech point of view. So I'm guessing are we primarily the tech? View? I'm sure there's some like non-tech stuff that's going to slip in. But, you know, this is definitely from a technology perspective. Is that right, Brent? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tried to look for things that were, you know, related to our industry, adjacent to our industry, takeaways. Um, but also, sure, we can talk about some of the commercials and things like that <laughs> that we got well, going on there. I will say it was a very, very poor year for movie trailers. Usually every year when there's movie trailers, there's like some big surprise that drops. Like last year, it was like Cloverfield, now on Netflix. And you're right. like, what? You know, but this year I was looking at trailers and I said, I already knew all these movies were coming and I already have seen trailers for them or whatnot. So... I was really sad. About yeah, that. it was like Black buff. Widow and like maybe a couple other movies that again. Yeah, like which has already had like saw, three yeah. trailers already. Like, we saw why like do I even care? Fifteen frames of of the new Loki series. On <laughs> like literally, it was like fifteen frames. It was yeah, so like fast. two frames. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there was that's way more to teaser. Oh, that's true. No, super I, tease, yeah. super yeah. teaser. Um, but should we dive into the to the the show itself yeah. though? What was if you had to give a rating from the top, like just at, at the top? Um, because uh, what would be your rating on this year's Super Bowl? I like it, A's through F. So plus is a minus is allowed. It, it, so there's there's things uh, involved. So I think there's like overall wow factor. I think there's execution, right? You know, did mm -hmm. everything seem to go off very well? You know, all that kind of. I mean, it it is especially talking about the halftime show. It's ridiculous, right? How much they have to get on and off the field in mm -hmm. an incredibly short amount of time, and so. Being able to do that, um, you know, effectively and have everything work perfectly, like already right there, you know, you get an A kind of for that because <laughs> for, for sheer effort. But I have to say, um, big picture, I was I was a little under I was a little underwhelmed um, mm. this year. I mean that you know just think back though. I mean I don't know how you know how big of a football fan you are or any of that kind of stuff, but you know I just remember you know going back in my head over the last few years. You know we've got drones, we've got Lady Gaga, you know flying in on a on a line. Um, you know we've got you know Madonna, you know riding in on and giant things and and Katy Perry with left shark right shark and you know I mean you know it's you know just kind of going back you know the big things of you know okay well you know people talking about you know talking about the halftime show the next year you 
know, I, I thought, you know, J-Lo and Shakira, you know, did an amazing job. Um, it was a little weird to be sitting on, um, you know, the couch with my 12-year-old daughter, basically. Oh, watching, my God. I felt uncomfortable watching it some ways. Of, Yeah, it was like 20 <laughs> minutes of nonstop twerking and, 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 you know, grinding. You know, that was a little <laughs> awkward. Um, so, but, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that's part of part of their, you know, their shtick, you know, their their performance is a lot of that. Her you hips know, don't lie, Latin, Latin they dance. Oh, the hips don't lie, baby. And, you know, and, you know, did a phenomenal job. But, you know, taking a step back. Um, so I guess I guess I would give it, un, uh, I would say it's an A for execution. It looked great. Oh. It sounded great as far as I could, you know, the mix and everything that I could tell. I didn't hear any major audio gaffes in anything I you know and to be fair I've also kind of taken a bunch of notes from like the pregame show which by the way do we need five hours of pregame show <laughs> because I was a little surprised I thought maybe YouTube music was or YouTube uh, TV was you know was just you know being extra careful to make sure that they got all of the coverage in their you know in their recording no wasn't no, there an, it was wasn't five there an... hours of pregame show uh, I was gonna say, wasn't there an ad that said something like, "Oh, hey, like we got an ad because it was it's cheaper during the pre-show." Uh, it was a SpongeBob movie, right? They're like, "Oh, it's during the pre-show; it's gonna be cheaper." So it's like, I mean, they got to make their ad money somehow, you know? Yep, yep, yep. So, so let's take a step back. You know, I, uh, that's my over. That's my wait, overall. Wait, you don't want to uh, hear my take. rating for it? Okay, sorry, sorry. I was gonna come back to the Gosh. halftime show. I was gonna come back. Oh, I, I, I think we we're just talking about it in general. I mean, I only watch the halftime show, so my my only rec, my only rating can be for the halftime show. Um, what's, and what's obviously, your, what's your trailers. rating? What's your rating? I, I would say, I you know, now you say it, I would probably agree. I think like A plus on execution, but yeah, I mean like creativity, like C minus, like nothing absolutely yeah. creative on it. And I think we'll dive into it deep with the things yeah. that we liked and disliked on here. So yeah, let's come back to that because I, I do want to hit a couple things from from the pregame show and then also the night before they had a music fest. Um, so they had a Bud Light music oh, wow. fest where so that was that was fun. I mean, especially you know I could get super catty about some of the musical acts, but it was you know I did try to look <laughs> at stick it to the text, stick to the a tech. technical aisle. Yep, through a technical eye, it was basically a giant kind of curved LED wall behind them. So they had a lot of content, um, uh, you know, a lot of pretty, pretty. But again, good execution, not particularly creative. Like there was nothing that like, wow, you know, it was just, it was just a big stage. Um, you know, part of that, again, is, is the, the limitations of getting, you know, act to act to act to act, right? So, you know, you had to be able to move very quickly from, you know, uh, you know, a couple of rappers on stage to, you know, a full band setup. They had, you know, Guns N' Roses played, um, uh, you know, Maroon 5 played. So being able to move very easily and seamlessly, you know, you've got limitations on there. But again, it was just, it left me kind of, oh, um, okay. You know, if you weren't really into any of the musical acts that were playing, there was no reason to really watch that show. It was kind of boring, to be perfectly honest. Mm, interesting. <clears throat> One of the more interesting segments, though, is in during the music fest. They actually did the big reveal for what the the Madden, uh, you know, <laughs> Madden NFL game predictions were for the Super Bowl, and they did. You know, they 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 hammed it up with the the big screen and like you know calculating <laughs> and lots of lots of footage of like you know Madden NFL game footage of you know, the Chiefs and the, and the 49ers you know, squaring off and touchdown dances. And, you know, and then it would like go to like a boot screen and be like, you know, loading, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, and then eventually it predicted the game. It did predict the game accurately, but not by as many points. So I thought that was interesting. Mm. So it did pick the Chiefs to win, um, but only by about three points. And that's wow. probably like the safe bet, right? You do, you pick one of the teams to win by three points and then you don't look so bad, <laughs> you know, if you're wrong. By a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't look bad if you're wrong, you know, by because the other team won. It's like, well, you know, we thought it was going to be close. Um, so that was kind of fun. And they had, um, you know, you know, people out on stage pushing a giant button. But again, for the most part, it was like just a large curved LED screen and band after band after band. What was a little bit more interesting, just to, to get a little nerdy on it, is and the kind of thing that they've started. I've started seeing this on some of the... Uh, uh, like New Year's Eve programming where they'll have like a little ticker on the side and you see it on like sports center and stuff like that too, where like they, yeah. they show you what's coming up. So it's like, okay, this is who's playing now. So it's like Snoop Dogg is playing now. And then up next is going to be somebody else. And then you see kind of the ticker of, okay, it's going to be maybe 40 minutes before guns and roses is on. So I'll come back. 
Oh, yeah. interesting. And that's very that's a very live TV oriented thing, right? You know, that mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. Um, although, as soon as I say that, I was using that to kind of fast forward through to see some of the acts. Ah. So you could kind of see that in the corner and be like, oh, okay, it's coming up. So, okay. So that's the, so I thought that was kind of interesting because you'd be able to fast forward to, uh, you know, the acts that you want to see. I'm wondering if that affected like client satisfaction too, like, or a viewer satisfaction that, you know, when, like, for example, I'm imagining like my parents, they really don't care about JLo or Shakira. And I can imagine them complaining about the performance and being like, man, it was so bad, blah, 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 you know, but I'm wondering if they had the ability to like, be like, skip, you know, like obviously this is like the whole TiVo mentality. I'm wondering from a, a perspective too, it's almost like the, the festivalization of like, a, there's always an act to see. So everyone's always happy. Versus like one single concert, these are the only people you're going to see if like how that affects. I'm just wondering like the data science around it in a little way. Well, yeah, that would be fascinating. But I could totally see, like you say, at a festival, if you had multiple stages, uh, you know, kind of a running ticker along the side of the Jumbotron, right? You know, telling you, okay, it's 20 minutes to get to, you know, that stage over there to see these people or here's who's coming up next. You know, using that real estate a little more effectively uh, rather than just, you know, you know, blank or yeah. you know curly cues and psychedelic you know stuff in between bands that's true that's true <clears throat> all um, right so that that was those that was my hot take on music fest uh, right. <laughs> which was was a little under so the next the next section that i had was the five hours of pregame um <laughs> I that you i watched it <laughs> i didn't I'll, i'm not gonna lie i kind of skimmed through and looked for the highlights and and did a little searching around afterwards to see if i missed anything um but i did manage to actually land on a few kind of funny things um, and a few takeaways. So, so one is starting right away in the pregame, and this continued into the the you know the actual in stadium pregame stuff too. I saw a lot of, um, you know, this kind of AR where the camera is moving. They've dubbed in you know graphics and things like that, and that it's it's reacting to the camera movements to look like it's physically in the space. And that's, again, not something that's terribly new, especially in football and sports. They've been kind of playing around with that kind of stuff for yeah. a while where they kind of dub in, you know, a, dump, a jumbotron uh, in the middle of the field to show, you know, the player interviews and things like that. But I saw a lot of it right away in that pregame show of just like as they're standing there, there's things, you know, graphics kind of in the background um, that are that are reacting to as the camera moves. So it's this kind of motion tracking graphics. Um, uh, maybe not what's traditionally AR, but it is AR in the sense that they're layering over stuff. And sports mm-hmm. has always been way ahead of the game when it comes to oh, layering sure. things that aren't there, you know, yeah. over, over, Just over like the, the the the, uh, the, the, wow, I'm, Football fans, don't kill me now. I'm trying to remember boys. The, the the line you cross in order to get a first down. Yeah. First down line. Yeah, the first down you. line. Yeah, so get, yeah, get the, you know, and, and the line of scrimmage, you know, they'll, they'll dub that in. And sometimes those yeah. are in the red zone or like the kickers, you know, where he's, you know, you, you my favorite is 30. My favorite is like when they highlight a player and then are able to continue the graphic, like be like, oh, it's about to get past this guy. And they like right, hover right, over. Right. So I'm like, whoa. It looks like a video game because it's like circled. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh! It's like it's like. Have you seen the the movie um, uh, uh, Free Guy? Is that what it's called? The Ryan Reynolds movie coming out where they're like, it's like spoiler alert if you really don't watch trailers or anything like that. But it's like it's a, the character living inside the video game, and they kind of like show him put on glasses and get all his AR stuff around them. I'm like, oh man, I want that in my life. <laughs> yeah, or uh, or Demon or Ready Player One or something. Yeah, like yeah, those yeah. Ones. There you go. There you go. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting takeaway is that they, and, and it was clearly, they were clearly trying to make elements that were almost realistic enough that you could kind of go, oh, wait, is that there? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then especially, and that carried through into the pregame show, um, you know, like right there in the stadium. So they did um, kind of the NFL um, uh, 100. It was like the, uh, like, you know, the, t- the all 100, because it was 100 years of the NFL. Um, so they did like the all, the all 100 team. And so they had the guys down on the field, you know, wearing the, uh, you know, the sport jackets um, that they they outfitted them all in. But then hovering above them on the field was the stats and the photos and the people and stuff like that. And so they used that as the shot. So so it was a live camera shot of the dudes like down on the field. And then again, this like kind of almost fictitious jumbotron 
uh, you know, floating in the air above them, which I thought was an interesting mm. way of doing. It. And the camera's totally panning and moving, and you know, sky, you know, sky camming away. Um, and the 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 you know, all of the stats and the figures and the photos and everything were tracking with it um, seamlessly. And so it was a really interesting, uh, again, kind of. Uh, taking that AR to the next level. Um, and it does kind of make you wonder uh, at what point, you know, are they just going to start dubbing in things that totally aren't there with the purpose of making it look like they're there. Um, and what happens when you start going down that road? Nice. I like it. I like it. Keep going. I mean, I'm, I'm right. getting the news. I'm hearing the news <laughs> yeah. as it happens. So, so just a few other things from the pregame show that I noticed. I thought it was, there was a funny moment uh, again from a totally nerdy AV standpoint where uh, they had Jimmy Johnson, you know, one of the Fox hosts, uh, you know, former coach. Uh, they had him up in a bucket lift uh, over over their over their set, um, and like an actual like you know JLG bucket lift like we see on site all the time. And he, he had his uh, sport you know jacket and suit and stuff on, but you could see the harnesses. So they they'd actually harnessed him in, even though he was only about ten feet off the ground. Um, and so I just thought that was kind of a funny. You know, always wear your safety harness whenever you're on. <laughs> One of those, one of those bucket lifts. Um, That's awesome. It was the start. Uh, we saw le- there were Lego versions of the Fox hosts. Uh, and so I thought that was, you know, that's tying in Fox is releasing a new, um, by the way, there was a lot of cross promotion for Fox. So they oh, really? clearly took advantage of the fact that they were hosting the Super Bowl because there was so much cross promotion for the Masked their shows, Singer, their new Lego, you know, Lego Masters series. Um, uh, like, uh, you know, Fox News had its own little segment. Um, there's a, they're apparently launching a new channel that's like Fox Americana or something like that, where it's all shows dedicated. And these to are all, the these Disney are all America. owned by Disney, by Fox. No. Oh, oh, by Fox. Oh, ooh, that gets confusing. Um, because they only bought the movie studios. I don't yeah, remember I don't what the purchase they, was. I don't think go. they bought the. I don't think they bought the news segment side of things. That's I can hear you looking it up. So let's, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can hear my yeah, loud ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so, but they were definitely you know promoting the other fox television properties uh heavily during during the show um and repeatedly um and so but i did think that was a stop and think of like that would be a lot of fun if you actually got a lego master to do you know your your ceo oh for sure speaker or something along those lines that you know that would be a lot of fun to have them you know we've seen the ones where they're doing the live drawings and stuff well i'm just saying we've done the like the live drawing or the live recording of of sessions where people are drawing the session as it goes what if you had someone in the back corner like building a lego face of of your keynote speaker during the time you know can they get it done during the one hour uh you know speaking that they're doing something along those lines that's true. Um, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, Fox Corp still exists, independent from Disney. It will be primarily in news and sports. So all this stuff that we're talking about is all, yep. that's why they're promoting so hard. Is that they realize that they have this is their only place they have revenue. So they're probably pushing it real hard since they just lost their movie division. Because basically, all the movies and a bunch of and a bunch of TV networks apparently went to Disney, but the like the default the sports and news stuff stays with uh, Fox. There you go. So, yeah, they were definitely uh, promoting those properties. Faux show. Um, Interesting. All right. Other things that I saw in the pregame show, um, uh, they wound the sky cam kind of through the palm trees. So it not only was oh, doing cool. kind of the front to back like we see on the football field, but it actually was kind of going almost like an, a, a curved zip line, which I thought was kind of cool as it went through. And I kind of was like, how do they do that? <laughs> you know, how does, how does that even work? <laughs> um, because it's got to be taught you know, and be mm-hmm. able to go from front to back and side to side. And I get how that works over a field, uh, you know, f- uh, an open, wide open football field, but how do they get it to go through the trees? I couldn't quite, and it didn't, maybe it was a drone. Small, small, ca- small, compact cameras. I, I doubt it was a drone, but yeah. I bet it was over you, people it, too. Yeah. It's probably, it was probably a cable cam, but it honestly, cameras are getting so small. I mean, like if you look at 1917, the, the, the movie, which I know to everyone who knows me knows, I literally still won't shut up about this movie because I loved it so much. But, uh, area, uh, Ari, uh, made a, uh, a special camera just for that movie because it needed to be lightweight and small. And you know, honestly, it's the size of like my computer is bigger than it mm. now. And it can shoot, you know, 6k, all those sort of things like that. Well, before you, you, you talk too much about it, I think it's worth <laughs> us bringing up the huge technological advancement. I'm sure it's on your, your list to talk about at some point, but this was the first ever Super Bowl, and I'm using air quotes, 
in 4K HDR. Oh, you're um, literally two bullet points too early. I was over my way there. Yeah, man. All right, all right. So should I wait? And is there a beautiful transition, or can we? Can we? Can we no, there's no beautiful transition. That's fine. <laughs> I, the, the only thing I had left in the pregame show, and and I did try to again watch out for things that were you know adjacent to our industry, um, is that they there was a, clearly a promotion done by Norwegian Cruise Lines. Um, mm-hmm. That also, again, tied into Fox Sports doing the Indy 500. So they had two dudes uh, racing. Uh, one of their cruise ships actually has like a mini go-kart racetrack on it. Um, so they wow. were they were out, you know, under the beautiful sun racing go-karts on the top of a Norwegian cruise line deck. And so I just threw that in there because it was, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's tourism industry, right? And so I thought mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. an interesting multiple tie-in, not only to, you know, probably spent a lot of money to get that to happen, but then to tie it into the Indy 500 and all that, all that was kind of creative. Totally. totally. Then I said <laughs> Verizon 5G ultra wideband because they made a whole big oh, stink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. oh, my God. So, yeah, we haven't really talked about the show about five. Have we talked about 5G very much since uh, our Not new Not since uh, the original episode that we did. Uh, on 5G, um, but it's come, it's come up a few times since then. We we got an updated episode coming your guys's way, and also um, we got an up uh, an upcoming episode on Event Brew talking about 5G as well and its impact on the events industry. So a lot of 5G coming out of Brant and I. Um, the interesting thing is not a lot of 5G coming into us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, so stay tuned for that. But uh, I think the short story of it. So Verizon was promoting that they have 5G now. I'm guessing is that their big thing. Well, not only that, so so I, the way that they kind of phrased it was that it, they, they implied that the stadium basically had been bathed in, in 5G. Um, and that, you know, but great. So the four people in the stadium that have a 5G phone were able to <laughs> take advantage of it. And then I wrote, I wrote this down, this ultra wideband thing, because it was in the like fine print, which I thought was interesting, um, that as that it bothered, that they bothered to even have um, fine print on this little, you know, this, this little, you know, puff piece that they did at the beginning of the uh, show. So clearly Verizon paid Fox a crap ton of money, um, Mm -hmm. to, you know, have this little segment produced where they, you know, flew, you know, a drone cam or something like that up to the stadium as they explained that this was the first ever Super Bowl to be, you know, to, it wasn't broadcast in 5G because it's not broadcast, but to, to basically to have, 5g let's put it that way i forget how they phrased it but um and that they you know they'd installed you know it all over the stadium so they could have 5g i found a really fascinating article so i didn't even know about this um so then got it googled it but i found a great article that ironically speedtest.net wrote um which dives into apparently they had a bunch of people from their team go on from all the different networks and test their speeds and latencies <laughs> across all of them please do um tell. And I have to read this whole article, like skim it really, really fast. But what's interesting is based on this article, it seems like they actually were able to hit some 5G speeds of 646 megabits per second on Verizon. Uh, T-Mobile was about half that. Sprint was about a third of that. Um, the upload speeds were still abysmal because we know that obviously the the 5G upload hasn't quite caught up with the, mm-hmm. the download. However, like the latencies were pretty crazy. I mean, like 91 millisecond latencies on Verizon, which is, you know, slow for what it can do. But what's interesting as well is that they also compared it to their – oh, this is compared to last year at the Mercedes-Benz um, Stadium in Atlanta, which is how – wow, this article is fascinating. I'm going to have to share this article, right. but they had over 24 terabytes of data on the stadium Wi-Fi on game day, averaging download speeds of 30 megabits per second. So then for the Hard Rock Stadium, they were seeing um, – interestingly enough – See, December 22nd, they would see speeds of 60 megabits per second-ish, up and down, low latency. Um, But then, for the big game, as it says everywhere, um, it says 37 megabits per second, 47 megabits. I mean, pretty impressive. I mean, it looks like they didn't see, they saw only, like, relatively slow slowdowns. But 37 megabits per second on, like, a gigantic stadium Wi-Fi is pretty solid. Um Man, there's a lot of data to unpack on this, and maybe we need to do like a separate episode talk, thinking, talking about it. But I think we have to pour into this data a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, we can do we can do a 5G revisited. I, I did take note that uh, the number of times that 5G was mentioned, the number of times that I saw commercials for it. I think we're just at the beginning 
um, you know, uh, of what we're going to see for the rest of the year as far yeah. as commercials. So funny. So while, um, so it says they, they basically, obviously they see the data, not only where they collected it, but they obviously see the results when, um, someone actually uses speed test on that. They said fewer than 10 people tested their speeds during the game <laughs> on 5g. I don't know that it would be I'm... the first thing on my mind if I was at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Which is it's really interestingly enough. So, um, not a lot of data on it for sure. So, um, wow, really, really interesting article though. Um, I think this was a, a I'm sure a huge day for AT&T, T-Mobile Sprint for testing the, the, the thing that we talked about being one of the biggest things in 5G, which is just the ability to handle more devices. So I'm sure this was a great case study for them, which is, you know, whether they were going to use as an advertising standpoint, they probably are using it as a case study more than anything to see if, you know, how it was all going to work out. So very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, they had an extended um, one that kind of bothered me. It was it was it was I called it a hero's ad. I don't know what what it's actually being called. I'm trying to look it up as we go. Um, but it was it was basically, you know, we're not going to tell you that 5G is faster. We're not going to tell you this. And, and meanwhile, and, and showing like, uh, you know, first responders and, you know, and people uh, I don't want to get it wrong, but anyway, it just rubbed me the wrong way that it felt like it was trying to, um, uh, well, make money off the backs of first responders is, is probably mm -hmm. the easiest way that I can say that. And then just tying in 5g with no particular reason or, or you know what I mean? It was just like, let's just make sure we throw the word 5g in there so that people know that we're 5g. And it just rubbed me the wrong way, especially because Verizon was one of the companies that got in trouble um, with their plans and first responders. Like they, they, mm -hmm. it was, I don't remember the details of it, but it was the kind of thing where, you know, I think they were working on the, the California fires, not this last year, but the year before, and they got their like phones cut off because they'd reached the end of their minutes or something like that. It was something really, oh, yeah, yeah, really I do remember kind of that. disgusting. Um, you know, well, if you just upgrade your plan, you know, it's like, okay, dude, I'm in the middle of a forest that's on fire. Um, so it was, uh, I don't know, it just felt a little tasteless to, to, to my eyes or totally. at the time. Well, I mean, it makes sense too. I mean, like to I mean, most people though, they probably are like 5G. Oh my gosh, it's exciting. They see 5G, 5G, 5G. So now it's again part of riding that hype train. I think that people are starting to see more and more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was a there was a funny one from T-Mobile. Um, and and we can I, I had these kind of as a separate bullets, but since we're in 5G land, um, we might as well do it. Where the guy's mom kept calling him, saying it works from here, it works from here, and it just kept <laughs> and it just kept going, it just kept going. It's worth it's worth watching. It I I did I also felt like the commercials weren't fantastic this year, um, uh, so this one has definitely stuck out in my mind as one that was being funny. And it also emphasizes the two things that you and I have talked about when we do talk about 5G. Um, which is that Verizon seems to be building out their network for the speed in mm -hmm. you know public places, and mm -hmm. T-Mobile seems to be building out their network for the coverage. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, so when and that's a trade-off. So T-Mobile's is not going to be as fast because they're using the low and mid band stuff. And we you know go back and listen to our discussion on 5G and come and listen to our upcoming discussions on 5G to find out more about the, what that means. Um, but it, the, the long and the short of it is, I thought it was interesting that clearly T-Mobile is touting coverage, whereas Verizon mm -hmm. is touting speed. Yeah, that's for sure. And this report basically kind of echoes that too, mm -hmm. um, that they're pretty much, that's the results they're seeing as well. And the fine print of the T-Mobile ad also was very specific to say this had nothing to do with upload speeds uh, as well. <laughs> the, the, the upload speeds may differ, you know, that kind of thing. It's um, funny because, yeah. yeah, you look at these these average download speeds in the Hard Rock Stadium. It was like download 646 megabits per second on Verizon. Upload speeds, 9 megabits per second. Like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. Like, wow. I think my 4G upload speed might be faster than that. Yeah, yeah. Yo, let's see. What else do we have in there? Um, we, do we get to talk uh, about four, four, four K, four, four K? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. probably should. Um, so this was was uh, is not the first. Was last year's Super Bowl in four K? No, no, no. This is the, that's the big thing about this one's in. Uh, I, actually, I think the last one was in four K, but it wasn't HDR. And the thing about this was four K okay. HDR. I don't. And honestly, too, I yeah, I don't. I have to look it up real quick. Uh, 
I have to look it up while, while I'm talking. I can tell you what I was watching on my my YouTube TV recording was definitely not 4K. Um, oh no, for sure. It was it was 1080 at best, and and YouTube as YouTube does, uh, if you try and lock it into HD, tends to start stuttering and buffering and things like that. Yeah, and yeah, this was the first one. It was done in 4K. Um, the, I think the interesting thing for people to know, I mean, this I kind of teased it at, at uh, a little bit, is that it, it wasn't real 4K. I think that's the interesting part. If you Google, like, 4K, I mean, it even pops up, like, the first thing you search. If you search up, like, Super Bowl 4K, um, I think they were just, again, the hype train was so hard. But the thing was interesting about it for you to know is that it was a 1080p, like, normal HD signal that's called upscaled, which is kind of like a fancy version of they stretched it and fixed a bunch of things so it looks like it's 4K. Um but I think the thing that was impressive is that it was in high dynamic range HDR, um, which, in my opinion, HDR probably has a better effect uh, and more impressive looking effect than 4K does, uh, in my opinion. So if anything, the bigger upgrade, I think, is the, is the HDR. I'm not sure what you thought. Did you notice any difference in quality while you're watching it? No. And again, maybe it's just the, where I was watching it. Um, I, I didn't think to try and compare it to like what you could see on the Fox uh, you know, uh, streaming apps um, that were available because I know that was available on Roku, um, and, and I flipped over to it after after it went to the post game show, and it looked like it had it was no longer in 4K. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it was, was it just looked like a really nice, you know, it was pretty crisp, uh, you know, uh, HD signal. So I did not witness it in its 4K glory, unfortunately. Well, maybe next year we'll see it in true yeah. 4K, like cinematic 4K. True 4K. And that'll be fantastic. I mean, it's I mean, it's go to show too. I mean, like it's funny how literally I think 4K is now actually pretty standard across most people's TVs. I mean, like Black Friday having 4K TVs for like mm -hmm. 600 bucks is oh, really yeah. shows that it's coming. Um, but there's still a lot of work to be done when it comes to it. And I, I have a lot of comments when it comes to halftime show as far as like some of the camera work. And I actually I'll have to rewatch. I think I was only watching it in 1080p 60 mm. frames per second, um, too. But uh, I'd be really curious to see next year when they do a true 4K. Um, but it's funny. I, I'll, I'll make sure we link in the article. I read an interview and was talking about it. it's just. They basically decided to upscale it because it was just way too expensive for them to do all the hardware and all the things, you know, downstream to right. be able to keep it in 4K. And it's so funny because how many times clients come to us and say, hey, let's do it in 4K or let's, you know, or like, <laughs> hey, we want to do our live stream in 4K. And I'm like, yeah. you realize this is going to be a really expensive and really hard to do. And I think this is just goes to show you if the Super Bowl is not doing it in 4K. Let's be honest, you probably don't need to either. Right, right. Excellent point. So I've got a few more things that I want to sneak in, and then we can dive into the, the halftime show, if that works for you. That works for me. All right. So I was entertained by the Jason Momoa commercial. I don't know if you had a chance to see it in any of your... your Wait, was he um, Aquaman? No, he it was, and I, and that's the funny thing is I couldn't tell you who it was for. I, I think it was a, you know, a home... Uh, uh, I, I couldn't even tell you, like I said, but it was, it was like him coming home. The point was like, home was like your, you know, your sanctuary. Um, and you know, he like, but then he starts like r ripping off his like, you know, big manly chest and then like pulling off his arms, like sleeves and it, like underneath it all, he's like a scrawny little balding dude. Um, wow. with this face, so it was like a really well done CGI of like mapping his face onto a scrawny little balding dude. Um, mm. so he like kind of slowly de-pumps, you know, as, as he, as he gets comfortable in his house and like, you know, pulls off the, pulls off the wig and pulls off the, you know, the, the pecs and pulls off the, the giant biceps and stuff. And it's still like the same tattoos and everything, but it's on a scrawny guy. So mm, just further, further amazing things that we can do with CGI these days. Um, Let's see. Also was entertained by the Smart Pak Hyundai. Uh, that's also worth worth looking at if you get a chance. It was it's basically showing off uh, Hyundai's new smart parking features where you get out of the car and press a button and let it park in between. So like if you're parking in between two cars and you're not going to have room to get your doors open. I thought you were joking when you were like pronouncing it that way. No, but no it's, it's literally smart smart pack. Smart pack. S M A H T P A H K. So it was it was Chris Evans and um uh what's his name uh, from the office and from the new Jack Ryan series, um and they're all doing like thick Boston accents of like you're not gonna get that car in there. You can't get that car in there. Oh, I can get that car in there. Um and then using the smart pack 
uh, feature to to get the car and so it was just it was kind of funny and cute but also showing off some pretty amazing like that's really cool technology just like hop out of your car press a button and it actually will squeeze itself in um, of course it's not going to change the fact that the other people are going to ding your car as they get in and out as they get in and out that's, of the door that's when you get to the the uh, the robots taking over the world where it's like right. it's going to like shoot you because uh, someone dinged your car so Hyundai, Hyundai that's great but you know let me know when you've got smart ding technology to, to pop out the dents <laughs> the metal just like from trying to squeeze out. your car trying to squeeze your car into that small of a space uh, good for you that you can do it but got to get the smart ding technology okay here we go into the halftime show. I believe it was right before the halftime show, so this is another industry tie-in. Um, they had a whole Michael Bay filmed segment of JLo chasing a thief, like stole her like water bottle out of her 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 hotel room, and it was it wound up being an ad for the Hard Rock Hotel in Miami, the big like giant wow. guitar-shaped hotel. And it was ludicrous. I was just like, what am, what am I watching right now? Because well, it was, you know, this Michael Bay, you know, directed thing. You know, so people are like doing zip lines out of a, out Tons of a of hotel lens flare. room and lens flare. And yeah, it was ridiculous. And so, uh, but interesting again to me that we're seeing these destinations and these tourism based things spending the millions of dollars um, mm -hmm. now maybe they got a deal because it's the hard rock stadium but you know in my limited understanding of how this all works everything involves paying for, for <laughs> something when it comes to oh, the yeah. uh, super bowl it involves money 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 so i just yeah. thought that was interesting the the amount of money that had to go into doing that um you know just to promote that hotel uh the, the hard rock hotel there in miami Nice. And then nice. into the thing. All right. All I've right. talked a lot. Now, now I can, into the into the part that you actually saw. Yeah, I know. I actually get to talk because that's the thing I actually saw. So, so do you want me to just lead off with my yeah. like more positive, yeah. I guess, review? I'll, of I'll this? chime in with my things as we go. All right. So yeah, I watched it on uh, YouTube. Um, at 1080p, 60 frames per second. Um, <laughs> um, and I listened to it. Yeah, on these headphones that I used to record. So pretty, you know, good sounding headphones. So I think that was the first thing that I, I immediately noticed was it sounded really good. Like, for years, we've been plagued with really bad audio and them really struggle, I think, to capture it in the right way. And I was even, I went to, like, last year's performance and was like, how did it differ, you know? And it sounded just, it was almost like I thought it was lip-synced. Mm. Like, I'm not sure if you noticed the same the same way, but, like, I was listening to it and I was just like, wow, this sounds really, really good. And I'm not sure if the live broadcast was different than the recorded one that I pulled off of YouTube. Maybe they mastered it afterwards, um, and you let me know um, as you were watching it live. But No, I agree. It sounded very good. It sounded and, very good. I did and notice I, that as well. I disbelieved it, and I'm just literally looking at their lips so hard. Like, the lips did not lie. Uh, I must make that pun. Um, but I, I, the only reason I knew it was live, honestly, I would have just said it was lip-synced if it wasn't for the fact that there was a couple times where they tapped the mic on accident. Like, there's a part where I think J-Lo clapped, and she accidentally hit the top of the mic, and I was like, I, you can immediately hear, and I feel so bad for the audio engineer who was not at all prepared for that to, to happen in any sort of way, and you can't, there's nothing you can really do. I think there's another point where, she, like, Shakira, I think, touched, like, hit the mic on the ground when she was dancing or something like that. Um, I noticed a couple of mic taps along the way, but it sounded really, really good. Like, every rapper sounded good. Their singing sounded really good. Um, and then also one thing I think I was most impressed with, and we talked about this in the live streaming portion, is feeding a little bit of the room back. Like, the stadium sounded really good with it. It didn't sound like there was a mic right next to one person screaming. It didn't sound like, you know, I don't know where the heck they place that mic, but it sounded perfect. Um, for it to sound live, like almost, I think this was one of the best live concert sounding records I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, that, that was one of the first things I think I noticed. Um, anything related to sound? I kind of like did this like a like a, a normal production. Let's start all with sound, <laughs> then we'll go to video, and then we'll yeah. go to lighting. All all the mics were 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 bedazzled. I, I oh yeah, was I was weirded out by that one rapper guy. Mic. He had like a yellow neon one. I was like, that doesn't quite fit in. <laughs> but yeah, the bedazzled mics was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, totally, totally. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, like onto video um, at work. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, even the guitar sounded really good. I was really surprised when Shakira like busted out a guitar. Um, I thought that was that sounded really really good. Um, but the on the video side of thing, I think this is the one part where they get like 
100% A for execution. And I feel like um, they focused, and my general like thoughts are, I think they focused on the TV audience rather than the arena audience, which this was, I went back to watch a couple past ones. It feels like this is the first time where they went 100% in on TV audience and like almost to the point where I, it almost feels like it would have been awkward to watch in person because um, the camera work was just incredible. And I think there's a really shining moment where, I think it was during Shakira's performance. Um, she's singing into the camera, and I think she did it first where she taps the camera, and the camera spins around back to the rapper, and it's, like, really close in his face, and he's rapping into it and, like, really making love to the camera. And then he taps the camera and kind of slaps it out of the way, and it spins right back to, <laughs> to Shakira. Like, obviously, this stuff was all really heavily rehearsed, but I thought it was really incredible. I mean, like, really sharp in focus, like kept my attention and like the camera cutting was great too there's a couple times where like fireworks were going off to the beat of the music and they cut perfectly the camera the fireworks exploding and then back and forth it was just like i mean the camera work and the camera cutting was just like next level good and i i, I thought that was where it was fantastic and that like i knew only a couple of secure songs like maybe two j-lo songs and I, like i won't consider myself a fan but i remember like kind of like being oh this is this is pretty good it's got, <laughs> it's got my attention it wasn't you know everything like that so i i thought the video work was really i mean just next level fantastic yeah not going to disagree it was quality quality stuff and uh, again just to just to be clear uh you know my original take was that it was an a for execution so just, just yeah. a little more clear yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think that's where uh, it probably uh, starts to, uh, uh, I think, deteriorate a little bit for me is when we move on to kind of lighting areas. Um, and I, I thought the lighting was really good. It was executed really, really well. But there was just every year there's always like some new light that gets released. And we're going to link down below a light live design online releases the lighting plots that list every single light and where they were placed and what they did <laughs> and everything like that. And they're always like a lighting dude's nerd dream. Um, yeah. And but I, I lo looking at even looking at the fixture list, there's nothing that I'm not like, oh, yeah, like I haven't seen that before. What was that? Like I remember right, when the clay right, packy right. BI, for example, this is getting really nerdy for lighting guys. When that was released at the Super Bowl and I saw it for the first time, it's like moving mechanical LED fixture. I remember being like, what is that? I want one. Oh my gosh. And it was the hottest light all year long. You couldn't get one to save your life. This one, it was a lot of beams. It was a lot of, you know, and again, like the spot operating work was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like the yep. spot operators yep. think I like they, they get listed in this live design article. The spot operators should get huge, huge props because they just track them so well and did such a good job. But it just didn't have this thing where I was like, whoa, this is so incredible. Maybe the lasers at the end with JLo when they're shooting them vertically, but it's not something we haven't seen before. Right. But right. it just looked really good. It just looked good. Yeah, and, and it looked it looked good. It looked yeah, it looked fine. <laughs> you, know, that's, you know, I mean, anybody though that went to PCMA and saw Maroon Five at the Chase Center, um, you know, you it looked phenomenal, right? Because that's what happens when you throw all the moving lights, you know, in in Southern California into one room. And so to me, it felt a little bit like that. We're like, yeah, you get a good lighting designer, and you give them all the moving lights, you know, that in, in the world you're going to put together a spectacular show, but nothing like nothing new, like nothing like oh, blew my mind. Like, Oh wow. You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, Prince's, you know, you know, silhouette on a, on a giant sheet being blown by air, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, that we've seen in the past, it wasn't, like I said, you know, drones in the air, uh, you know, lighting things out. It wasn't, um, you know, Lady Gaga zip lining in, you know, it was, it was a, really great show <laughs> you know but you know i think we've come you know because every year they set the bar so high and they try something new and they do something big i think that's why it feels to me a little underwhelming because it's a it was it was a great show mm -hmm. and that's all you can say about it um as opposed to holy crap man did you see when they did the and that's what i kind of mean it didn't have that water cooler factor of the next day other than oh man Shakira and JLo knocked it out of the park they were fantastic and that's in fact what all the news articles say is how good they were I'm wondering you know I, I and this is where like I think my like general um like thought process with this was that 
maybe that's what it needed. Maybe it was a return away from like, let's mm. try to do something okay. crazy new. And, you know, instead, let's just do it really, really well. Because, I mean, like, I right. feel like halftime performances always get like slammed either way. It's like they oh they're they're historic. They're amazing. But they sounded crappy. You know, there's always like a <laughs> but with it. But this was one of those yeah. things where like, let's be honest, does a normal attendee give a crap about the Clay Packy B.I. showing up? Probably not. They probably liked seeing the beams and lasers and they thought that was cool. And, you know, and then they could see the person give a good performance and it was on color and looked fantastic. You know, or, you know, uh, maybe that's what people want now that yeah. it's not yeah. about just, oh my gosh, throw the newest fixture at it anymore. So, a couple more things that I noticed were again, it's like, okay, that's, that's nice. Um, but so is that they, uh, there were all the LED bracelets were out there, right? So we had oh, everyone yeah. in the, everyone in the audience. Mom. Yeah. All the, uh, you know, all the people with the LED bracelets on there. And then it looked like everyone in the stadium had an LED bracelet. Yeah. And, do you want to hear how many there were? Uh, I'm going to say 67,000. Oh, wait. So uh, over, so this is cool. Recycled. I, know, I, made, I completely they, they, made that number up. So people don't know this, but PixMobs, who makes the bracelets, um, they actually, for most of their clients, they offer them a cheaper price if they return them to them because they recycle them and use them for the next show and everything like mm -hmm. that. So 70,000 wristbands that were recycled was 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 for the crowd. 11,000 for the fans on the field. There was 11,000 people on the field. <laughs> wow. Like, that's crazy. And then 3,200 to light the quote-unquote pods, which I don't know what the the pods are. I haven't looked quite into the, the lighting plot 100%. But, yeah, like almost. I'm assuming those are the kind of, there was the weird little circular things that the kids were in. Probably, yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Those are the pods. Yeah, but that's a ton of wristbands. It so, is. So much that they have a, their own, he has, the, the, the bracelets has its own LD, lighting director. Now, <laughs> which is I'm, crazy. <laughs> I don't know who that person is, and I don't mean to dog him, but I'm going to ask you this question. Do you feel like those were effectively used? I mean, I wasn't in the audience though, so was right. it really even for right. me though? Like it, like I remember the first time I saw it, which was at the Olympics. They like did a, such a good job because they dimmed all the lights and they mapped them to specific right. areas. But you know, I'm wondering if it's more so for the audience in person. I mean, and I think I'm, again, that's where like I know what those wristbands are capable of, and so I was like, oh, cool. I like I remember I noticed like, oh, sweet, they're all wearing LED wristbands. So they're gonna, I bet they're going to do something cool with that, yep. right? And then nothing like it really looked like it looked like in the background, it looked like people were just holding up their phones. But it, I, I realized later it was the LED wristbands. So it's not like that. I, I didn't see any like big color sweeps or, you know, spelling anything out or anything like that, that, you know, you're theoretically capable of doing. So, again, I just felt kind of like, oh, that's 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 kind of cool. Oh, I will say um, this is really interesting. Actually, I I, I kind of misspoke. I'm reading an article about it right now that the, the X2 wristbands that they used were the, for the first time ever used on this show, they've never. I'm make sure I read this right. The first event in which the blah, 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 using the new wristbands, they won a sustainability award at LDI 2019 for the recycling program. So that the entire wristband is 100% recyclable. So not only are they having them return and they try to use them again, this is 100% made of recycled material um, as well. So huge on the sustainability, especially for something yeah. that's eighty thousand dollars. Absolutely, or eighty thousand plus way more than that dollars, but um, eighty thousand units, which is crazy. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, but obviously you would never you never right. you never see these things right right, right. um yeah really really interesting again nothing yeah. we haven't seen before but yeah. good shout outs to PixMob, uh which you know a fantastic company and it's and it's right but for them to be focused on sustainability and that's probably why they had them honestly they, i don't remember if last year even had them but they probably pushed hard for them to be used at this show yeah all right, a couple more things on cool. my list. Uh, one, I was impressed by, and also, again, a little awkward moment with my <laughs> daughter watching the light-up stripper poles uh, <laughs> that were up there. You know, good on you with the LED stripper poles. <laughs> Speaking of the poles, I there was one point where I had a big wow moment, um, which was when that pole goes in the, and starts spinning. She's JLo's going up it, and, you know, she's holding herself up, and it's spinning. But I thought not the pole and the spinning part was cool to me, but the the the, the – um, dancers that were around him they like crew mm -hmm. that pile of people and it was like shaping and moving like i, I gotta rewatch it again but i th remember being like whoa shout outs to the dancers on that one it looked really really yeah. cool and it was kind of like a wow moment on that too there was incredible incredible dancing going on and i mean it was it was unbelievable the choreography that that went into that thing for for show for show um so the last thing i want to talk about was the stage um as far as as far as my notes go so what was curious to me was again one of these moments of like um oh oh okay 
So at first I was like, I thought they were leaning into the fact of, of that there were bezels, right? To almost make, give it that kind of like old, you know, uh, 70s like dance floor look. Because you could very clearly yeah. see the edges of, of the tiles. Um, and so, and then, and, and initially they were doing mainly, you know, kind of light up things and patterns and swirls and things and colors and all that kind of stuff. And then, and so I was like, oh, cool. They're, they're leaning in to the bezels, you know, uh, you know, probably makes them easier to put together. It makes them, you know, probably sturdier, you know, probably all these, you know, just, I was like, okay, they just leaned into it. So if we're going to have bezels, we might as well make them noticeable from space and, you know, and, and go for it. But then like, in the later sections of the show, they did more like projection mapping style effects where like the floor falls through and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, okay. What took away from that for me was these giant, you know, black bezels around each of the panels of the flooring. So it was kind of like, well, it felt to me like they were going to lean into it. And then somebody said, no, we need to make it cooler. Um, mm. And so they quick like came up with like, okay, we'll have the floor fall away. And then in this segment, the people will be spinning around and the bottom, you know, it'll look like it's deeper than it is and it's spinning around. So it again kind of felt like, well, that's cool, I guess. But you, you know, had they actually just done projection mapping, uh, which we've seen done incredibly well at the Super Bowl, um, you know, in the past where the field, you know, flips and flops and falls away and there's holds and all that kind of stuff. Looks phenomenal, looks amazing, and doesn't have these big thick bezels on each of the, you know, each of the tiles. So I was really kind of thrown by that. And it's like why they decided to go down that road of trying to do projection mapping style effects with these panels that were clearly, you know, panels as opposed to a seamless floor. I think you bring up a really good point. I mean, I didn't really notice it until you you, you brought it up. And I'm looking at pictures of it, and it definitely do, does not. It could be way better, way better done. But right. I'm curious to know too. I mean, like I'm trying to Google articles to see if anyone's talking about it, but not finding anything so far. But I am curious to see. You said like maybe sturdiness. I'm wondering if there's something related to like how they were dancing on it or the number of people dancing on it um, that had an effect. And obviously, there was a couple points where like the stage deck rose at different levels and things like mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that had to do with it as well. Um, you know, and, and I to totally understand all that and, and, and would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. So this is why we've got to do it. So let's lean into it. You know, they could have done even more with like kind of the 70s disco floor type stuff, especially with that dance mm -hmm. number, you know, mm -hmm. that they're doing, you know, that would have looked phenomenal. And so that's why it was just then kind of it, it threw me to to then go into kind of the more traditional, um, you know, projection mapping style effects. I, I agree. I agree. All right. Any other points that you want to bring up to this? I, I guess I can't. No. I can't overemphasize the fact that it's an A for for execution. You know, like you said, the sound quality was great. The dancing was great. The camera work was great. But for some reason, I think just because we're so used to these, you know, big amazing new technologies and things like that, I was just kind of like, oh, well, hmm, yeah, that was, that was good. That was nice. Um, I do think that like one of the things I think that made this really special for me, and I'm not a fan of that really that big of Shakira J Lo. And that I mm -hmm. want to reiterate that is just that it made it special for me though. It's just I felt really a part of the show through that camera work and the focus on the TV audience, and I think it goes to show that like sometimes you know if you want to address your live audience, it's not a matter of just oh hey hi live audience hey all the people millions of people watching and now I'm just gonna do my normal thing, but it was right. a matter of like really just working with the camera crew to build out shots and i mean just that like that shot of like when it again that spin move with the camera like shouts the camera operator because i'm sure he was like really doing some crazy footwork but it really made me be like whoa cool this is so i don't even know who this guy is and I, i'm really enjoying his performance <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I liked it um but yeah definitely agree with you on that one um yeah, there you go. That's all the stuff I knew about because that's the only there thing I watched at the Super Bowl. <laughs> all right, well, let's wrap this baby up. I mean, uh, we'd, of course, all of you out there, if, if there's anybody who was there in the stadium that could tell us, you know, what it looked like, you know, we'd love to know, you know, what did it look like in person compared to what it looked like on television? Um, that's always something that's always curious to me as well, but you're doing these big live numbers. You know, what if you're on the other side of the you know, other side of the stage. Mm -hmm. What does it look like looking from it from behind? <laughs> definitely. You know, definitely. because again, they're, yeah, they're orienting towards one direction and they're orienting towards the television cameras. Um, 
That's true. And I included a ton of resource links in the uh, that will include in the blog post too. that things like the lighting plots. I found some additional articles that talk about the, the cameras that they use, how they rigged up the sky cam, like a couple of things that we didn't even get a chance to really talk about. That was just kind of like picking through um, that get a little bit more nerdy. So if you want to know a little bit more about the Super Bowl and kind of how they pulled off all the tech from the video, the lighting and the audio across the board, um, go check out those links in the, the in the blog post and um, on your usual spot eventtechpodcast.com. That's the place to be. And reach out, uh, reach out via the socials, reach out via the email, you know, let me know, you know, dude, you're so wrong. You know, you're too picky. You're jaded. You know, you, you really just, this was an amazing performance and you're an idiot. You know, that's, you know, please, please <laughs> do let me know. Hey, I want to do actually let folks know um, we did actually get some feedback. Um, let me bring that up oh, quick yeah. from uh, someone, Will, you and I met uh, at PCMA. He was one yes. of the texts there. So Marty uh, shot me an email um, talking about um, the live stream uh, show that we that you did with Scott. Um, mm -hmm. So he was talking about uh, you guys were talking about points of failure, having single points of failure, and uh, he mentioned how many times that you're out you're at a venue and you're asking you know for two different cables going two different you know two different ways with two different VLANs on different providers, and then it all goes back to some cabinet in the back into a single switcher, <laughs> you know, <laughs> single switch in the back, um, and so. Um, you know, just, you know, being sure to really follow up, you know, so that if you are getting separate lines, uh, making sure that they're going out, you know, on redundant internet connections and not just winding up at the same, you know, dusty switch in the back hall somewhere. Um, also talked about, you know, Scott had talked about having redundant power and having everything on UPS. Uh, and Marty was a big fan of, of, of talking about the fact that we, you know, try and get everything on a backup so that, you know, soundboard goes down, it doesn't crash everything if power goes out and things like that. So, you know, putting things on UPS as uh, battery backups as, as much as possible. Uh, he also uh, mentioned, I just wanted, we had, we had a nice back and forth, a couple of emails back and forth. So thanks, thanks for listening, Marty, and thanks for <laughs> chatting with me via email. He also uh, brought up a fantastic point about your Surface uh, review. Um, and that brought up the question of what about AutoCAD? So do you think your Surface X would be able to handle AutoCAD? Um, oh, as being some, and I was like, ah, you know, I didn't even consider that as being an option. I'll be honest with you. I figured these things yeah. are so lightweight. Um, and, and I, so I was like, I didn't even think that it would possibly run AutoCAD, but that's a great question. Uh, to, yeah. To um, I'm Google, I'm searching it real quick. Um, will it run on so the good the term you always want to look for is um does it run on arm 64 or mm -hmm. is it arm 64 compiled um, is the thing i'm no. looking for um <laughs> it says right now it was not designed to work on arm processors you'll need a 64 bit Let's see blah, 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 blah. yeah it says there's a 32 bit version of it but i bet it would be a little sluggish i know people whose compute big gaming laptops who struggle sometimes running autocad mm -hmm. um so it probably wouldn't run really well however i will tell you if Similarly, if Adobe decides to move on and do Photoshop ARM 64 compiled, um, I bet you a lot of people follow suit and you'll see it happen very, very fast. But um, yeah, I mean, just continued. I think I had it for a week when we recorded that interview. It's yeah. a couple weeks later now. Still loving the thing um, and happier than ever. So heck yeah. And he did say that um, that there's a free viewer for, for, for Windows machines, that even like really old machines are still capable of running the viewer. Mm. Um, so so that's a possibility as well, that maybe there's a viewer uh, out there that'll work, even in perhaps, perhaps in emulation. Um, and then uh, he did say that Mac, uh, Max uh, AutoCAD apparently doesn't like Max, so you have to use like an online viewer in order oh, to be able to do something like that. So, I, so I, I just thought it was an interesting point, you know, was that we did forget it. That's a, that's a huge part of mm -hmm. a lot of people's workflow is working with AutoCADs. Yeah, good point. I think one thing too is just to always keep in mind, and this thing I've learned with it is, I for example, one of the softwares I use is my like phone system, and it didn't work for it, and they go. Well, you know, all you have to do is go to the web version of the same app, and it works totally fine. And then using, you know, Edge, you can install it as an app, and it becomes mm -hmm. its own little window, and it's yep. its own app, and it's all web-based. And since it's, you know, 4G connected, you're pretty much on Wi-Fi when you're using your computer anyways. It, you know, it, the thing that I always look for now, and having my head reframed in some ways, is, is there a web version of this tool? And if it is, then I can probably use that too. So, good stuff. 
There you go. Yeah. So good stuff, Marty. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. We want you folks out there, send that feedback to, uh, uh, where do we do? It's the Event Tech Podcast at <laughs> HelloEventTech.com. Um, um, we also, we want to make sure that you also use a hashtag Event Tech Podcast as well. And that's the best way to uh, get us that feedback. Um, uh, so yeah, let us know what you think about this. Uh, what you thought about the halftime show? Was it was it a knockout or was it uh, was it a little knockdown? Knockdown, <laughs> knockout, knockout. Maybe it was a knockout punch. It was so knock, good, it just knocked knock, you down. Knock in. What's the opposite of knockout? <laughs> knock in. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Will. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate the, you, uh, you you helping me out with this one as always. Absolutely. Oh, thanks for always having me, Brent. Fantastic. And thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Of course, check things out at eventtechpodcast.com. You're going to see all the show notes, the links to all the resources, all the stuff that Will was just teasing about how they actually pulled off all of the tech at the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, you're going to find the links to subscribe in your favorite podcast app, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, all the casts and all the pockets and all the pods. Um, so be sure and let us know uh, all of that stuff. And so thank you all for listening. We're really appreciate it. We'll see you next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.